now with Stealing Signs. We help you dominate any fantasy baseball league by giving you the information your opponents don't want you to have. So sharpen your pencils, get ready to take some notes, and let's get going. Padres, the uh, the most dramatic team in baseball right now. I mean, this is a this is a soap opera reality show times a hundred, and of course, it's coming out of California, right? Of course, it's coming out of California. Yeah, but it's it's uh, you know, um, I, I it was I, I so I saw I saw Tatis, um, you know, just Last any week? any news on Tatis, I was all about it because uh, I have uh, you know obviously shares of him in fantasy baseball, so. Um, very, very interesting, and he's one of the most electrifying players of all time. And yes, excuse me, he definitely does not look like somebody who, you know, was, you know, certainly last year was was bulking up. I mean, he looks actually really very slender, and a lot of that power comes from the leverage he gets, right, and the, the superior contact he makes. But I was looking at him practicing, and I thought, wow, he looks, he looks bigger. He like he looks thicker. Um. I say that right. He was taking essentially testosterone, right? So it was—I uh, um, uh, can't remember the name of it. Col- I keep wanting to say cholesterol, but it's not cholesterol. But um, <laughs> no. But basically, it's it's uh, it's you know it, it, to help him recover, right? And is it? Uh, I mean, it, I saw this interview with uh, Will Middlebrooks. You know that you, you're you're a Boston guy. Yeah, right. Will Metal Brooks, and he was talking about the substance that he got busted with, and um, he said, coming from Will Metal Brooks, that this substance is something you consume through a needle. This is not something that you can accidentally get over the counter at GNC. This is not <laughs> something that you know. This isn't even like a cream that you're putting on, like. It, heard of some of those guys uh like i think bonds was doing some sort of a cream like freddie galvis got busted doing that um like that's not what tatis was doing this is a straight up i know what i'm doing i am injecting an anabolic steroid into my body you know like yeah like metal brooks he laid it out there as if yeah there, there is no way he is confusing this with anything else Oh Unless God. it was maybe insulin, and he's a diabetic, and we didn't know that. No, he's he. Uh, it's clostebol or clostebol, C L O S T E B O L. It uh, uh, obviously increases the production of testosterone, right? And to increasing production of testosterone actually helps you recover more quickly from workouts, right? And you know, I know this guy's trying to make it back. He, you know, was doing whatever stunts on his motorcycle, whatever the hell he was doing, and you know, broke his wrist and probably feeling like he wanted to get back to the team. So I, there's part of me thinking, okay, you know, he was trying to make that happen. Uh, obviously got nailed, got nailed pretty hard. And it, it, what's interesting, um, oh, and he said the reason he would, he took it is he had a ringworm. Did you hear that? Yes, I, I had, did see that. Had and um, did you and see, I was kind of uh, like, and maybe you just want to keep that to yourself. I don't know if you want to put that out there. Uh, ringworm. No, thank you. So I um, listened to, like, I drove up to Phoenix yesterday, and I listened to, like, sports talk, like, the whole drive, you know. And mm-hmm. um, was it there were, 
there was one show, I forget what it was, um, but they stated that uh, th- there is some, uh, for lack of a better term, some chemical that is in a prescription for ringworm, and uh, it is called something rather similar to this mm. substance that, uh, that Tatis claimed it to be. Um, however, you know, that's, they don't know if this was like a, a, quick, a quick idea provided by his agent or if Tatis himself just did um, like a, a quick uh, Google search on, on something that this might be, but um, did see that A.J. Preller's response to it was, yes, that, that's Tatis's story. That <laughs> he has ringworm. That's his story. It's, it's sad. It is sad. It is sad. I was excited to see him play again this year. He was looking good. Things seemed to be, you know, going well. And, you know, now you have a general manager talking about reestablishing trust with the player. They're actually thinking about, you know, I guess they never considered voiding his contract when he had, you know, gotten that accident on the motorcycle. But now that they're, there's some real questions. I mean, to, to go from, you know, Eight months ago, being just a bright and shining star in the league to Super, now. Superstar. 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 Yeah. So we'll see. You know, we'll see uh, if he's able to come back, if he's, if he's, if he truly is humbled by this. But 80 games, man, oh man, 80 games. Uh, I mean, and he's given up, uh, I think, what, about three and a half, four million dollars for it. So. Yeah, you know, and uh, regarding the motorcycle accident, um, what was it? Was it in the Dominican Republic when the reporter asked him about the accident and Tatis's response was, which one? Oh, really? So, yeah, and so that leaked out to the States. And so that is where um, the Padres' con- trust concerns really got established because th- those types of things are in his contract that you can't do and he has then stated he was in multiple accidents on his motorcycle one of which he got hurt badly and um in which if i recall the timing of the injury he would have had enough time to actually uh kind of go behind the Padres back and like get this thing surgically repaired or um gone to see a doctor on his own dime not using like you know his company's health insurance or anything and uh he he probably could have gotten away with it but he did not get it repaired and that did he show up to spring training like that it, it was something along those lines where he waited probably too long thinking that it would just magically heal. And then, you know, he got busted that way. So, I mean, there's like intelligence concerns. There's, there's strategic planning concerns. Um, there's just freak athleticism that is keeping this guy afloat. Yeah. It's, well, it was interesting, right? Because there was a period of time they were, they were locked out. So there were they, the teams were restricted from communicating with players and vice versa. The players couldn't communicate with the team. So there were a lot of players that, you know, things were going on that, that you know, they, 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 they couldn't. If, even if they wanted to, they couldn't connect with the team because they were frozen out. So 
you know, Manfred made sure of that. So I think that's part of it. And it's interesting talking about PEDs, Tatis, and uh, in the off season, because there was a real fear. I saw an article uh, in a print newspaper uh, not too long ago talking about uh, the article was written uh, right after the lockout had ended and the the uh, labor agreement was was uh, put into place. They specifically stated that the the moment the teams were frozen out or the moment the teams froze the players out to the moment an agreement was was made, there was no testing. So they do off-season testing and on-season testing, <clears throat> and they do thousands and thousands. I think uh, in 2021, they did uh, 8,500, and they had seven, six or seven positives uh, that were, you know, uh, 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 players that were nabbed. And then uh, the year before, in 2020, I think it was or maybe it was maybe it was the opposite maybe last year was 10,000 and 2020 was 8,000 something like that but thousands and thousands of tests and even Tatis said he was you know he's been tested plenty of times this is the first time that it actually struck and so i thought maybe he was thinking that he could somehow kind of uh, you know make it happen it was interesting in that same article yeah. uh what was the guy from the Bonds era, the Vincent Conti? Is that his name, Vincent Conti? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. the Belco guy? Yeah. He was saying that, you know, uh, if players were smart about it during that lockout period just to use topical creams, not the needles, but the topical creams, uh, and even some orals, that that would get out of their system fast enough that even if an agreement came into place, you know, it, they'd be free within a couple of days. So. Yeah, I don't know who's advising Tatis or what what's happening, but man, oh man, you know the Padres. <laughs> you know they just sent C.J. Abrams uh, as part of the Soto deal, and I'm sure they were assuming that Tatis was going to be in the infield for them. I know he he's done some outfield work as well, but in the infield, man, you know I I mean obviously you don't go unwind that trade. You have Juan Soto. I mean you have Juan Soto, right? Yes, but. And it came right after the trade deadline. Like this is, if you're running the Padres, this is really, really gotta hurt. This is devastating. It's absolutely devastating. Yes, you know um, when it came out, I had a, uh, I had a buddy asked me if I thought that uh, the Padres knew of the positive test prior to the deadline, and that prompted them to go all in on Soto. You know. And uh, I'm like, yeah, that's an that's a interesting perspective to take on. But, man, when you read about um, the response from Preller uh, and the response from the team, I'd, I don't know. Unless it was... Um, the Athletic was like reported a, a, that, that, that uh, the uh, team found out Friday afternoon, before, yeah. right before game time. So... I don't know if it was like a uh, pre-recorded statement from Preller, but now we're getting too elaborate on a conspiracy theory. I think uh, I think the organization just really found out on Friday. Yeah, that well, that's that's according to the the general manager of the Padres. That's exactly what was reported on. It's been multiple sources. So yeah, they they didn't. It's not as if they they uh, they made different decisions because of this. Um, and I think teams are informed pretty quickly. Like when there's a, a positive hit, 
the fact that Tatis decided not to appeal. I mean, you know, I mean, there's things that, you know, uh, yeah. MLB players have criminal acts caught on videotape, uh, caught on phone, right? Someone recorded it and they'll still appeal it. So yeah. he's pretty much dead to rights. But yeah. um I but I I let's just say they let's say they did know. Uh I, I don't think it would change what they did, right? I don't. Maybe they would try to keep Abrams back, but even then, yeah. you're just trying to plug a hole for you know. I think if they knew, if I was them, I would not have gone after Soto. I would have gone after a more diverse set of talent. You know, I would have picked up another shortstop, or just kept Abrams because I don't think that Kim is going to be their guy. Right. You know, and um, yeah, I, I don't know if I would have gone after one like, like Juan Soto. I wouldn't. Have, but who knows? I would have. I would have. I, I think we were pretty clear about that. I would have. Yeah. I mean, he's a he's a he's a game changer. Like Juan Soto. Juan yeah. so 23 year old Juan Soto. Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, I'm totally totally behind them doing that whether they knew or didn't know i would still i'd be totally behind it 100 percent. i i still think heck i mean look they they're second in the nl west with and they've done it without tatis and yes. that's a you know, great point that machado made you know yeah gosh when you hear the remarks from his teammates um <laughs> i mean it it was not very nice you know i mean clevenger's quote I think it's a lot of the notoriety, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, you know, Machado's was pretty spot on as well. It was almost like, you know, what's didn't quite have the, um, the tone of like, you know, what? screw this guy. We're going to, we're going to try to win without him. But I don't know. I wonder how many other people are actually feeling that way. I remember, uh, wasn't, wasn't it last year that Manny and Fernando went at it? That Machado and Tatis. Oh yeah, yeah, that was in the dugout. Yeah, tensions were pretty high. Or team yeah. was really falling apart. Like kind of around this time, it was like crunch time at the end of the season. Yeah, and uh, man, what a what a mess! I do not envy that. So That's we'll a see. lot Hopefully of money. That's a lot <laughs> of money guaranteed, and this thing just freaking started, man! <laughs> just just started. 23 years old, you're a freaking superstar, and the rest of your career is for naught, man. You're not getting into Cooperstown. It's done. It's done. I mean, you look at you look at look at Arod. You look at Robinson Cano. I mean, those guys are pariahs. You know. I mean, Mm -hmm. Arod may have kind of warmed up a they're also little former bit. yankees which makes them a prior anyway you know steroids are not any yankee good point but um <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's done 23 and i mean go ahead and go on a, a bonds like uh career over the next you know 17 years or however many more years he's got in him and then what Five years Bonds later, like might not have been the best choice of what what you know. So maybe it was uh, almost like a Freudian slip, if you will. And right, um, right. and then what? You know, you're on the ballot five years later, and all of this all this dirt's going to get dug back up. It's 
he's done so. It's heart it's heartbreaking. Um, however, the, the one thing that I actually dig about all of this is that uh, <laughs> it is the only thing that I like that uh, Rob Manfred has done. Manfred could have, he could have hid this somehow. You know, this is a nasty black eye on, I'll say, the most electric, the most marketable face in all of baseball. This is the guy that Manfred needs to get kids into the game. And Manfred allowed him to uh, just be completely shamed. And um, I, I think that there's a lot of, uh, um, I don't know, do I want to say honor with, with all of this, what, what Manfred is allowing to happen? Um, because it really goes against what he's trying to do for baseball. Um, I don't know. So I, I will give kudos to, to him on that. He could have hid this. Well, that's, that's big coming from you because you have no problem talking about shit he does that drives you nuts. So that's, that's really good. It's an honorable else, thing. For the record, much of which yeah. was uh, recorded and lost in the, in the, in the lost episode. But um, I'm sure my anti-Manfred rants will come in every other episode after this. However, this one, I, I will respect him for that. Maybe MLB agents uh, discovered uh, discovered the rant and shut it down. You know, Maybe. MLB's got a lot of money. So uh, I, I forgot to ask. I have a trivia question for you. We, I'll ask oh, you now. Nice. We can give you the answer at the end. But here's the question: Ichiro was the first player to lead the league in batting average and stolen bases since what player in what year? So, so I'll, I'll let you think that. on that. He did that his rookie year in 2001. Uh, the other last player to win a batting title and lead the league in stolen bases. Uh, man, that's a good one. I have to go hard on these. I, I have to. Um. So I don't think Ricky Henderson did. I mean, Ty Cobb did those. I know, I know Cobb did that. But gosh, that was so long ago. Um, I don't think Tim Raines won a batting title. Um, I don't know. Vince Coleman? <laughs> yeah, so we'll get it at the end. Yeah, that's uh, so that's, I think that's awesome, right? That, I think that's exciting. Uh, and, um, so we had, there was some, some really interesting home run stuff going on with prospects and actually just thinking about each row. Uh, first one, I want to go across the Pacific ocean. And I know we talk a lot about prospects. We like prospects. And one of the things I've really enjoyed, uh, over the last, really in our lifetime, right over the last 20 years, especially. And then, you know, even now, if we take a look at, you know, there, there are some high quality players that got their start in Japan that are playing in the major leagues right now. I mean, Shohan Otani is, is obviously, you know, number one in, in mind, but you got you Darvish still playing. You've got Suzuki. Oh, yeah. You've got, he's great. Yep. There's a lot. So I started to think about, okay, well, what about prospects? And we'll, I'm sure over the winter, we'll do some more detailed, you know, regions of the world and where we'll get, but Asia, right. Is a, is a, is a place where 
MLB prospects could come. And then, uh, so uh, Minotaka Murakami just broke the uh, Nippon professional baseball record for home runs. For home runs. And the so this kid, 20. It, is that uh, for a season or career? It's, it's, um, you know what? That's a good question. I want to say it's, it's for, uh, yeah, it's first. It's got to be a season. He's only twenty-two. It's season. Excuse me. It is the season. So, uh, so he broke uh, Sadahara Sadahara O's record, and I, for some reason I knew that name, but I don't know why I know the name Sadahara Ho. He I don't the know the all-time Japanese home run leader. That dude's got like something absurd. It's like eight hundred and seventy home runs. Yeah. Okay. And, so that's what it is. So, so he, you yeah, know, there so. are some people like when you look at baseball from a global perspective, he is the all-time home run leader. Right. Exactly. So yeah. So he he did that, and <laughs> he did it. <laughs> uh, he did. He hit home runs in five straight at bats. That's <laughs> nice. Nuts. Okay. That's nuts. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, so yeah. So he had. Uh, at 37 home runs. So, uh, so obviously Sadahara Ho uh, played for a very long time. Uh, but this kid is, you know, and they're saying that it, it, there's potential here for him to really make that transition to the MLB. And you know, we we're familiar with uh, Japanese pitchers uh, being successful. We talked about Ichiro, right? Uh, and Ichiro, you know, it's interesting. I think Ichiro could put it out whenever he wanted to. Uh, yeah. but he, he, you know, he played a different part. He, he played to get on base, but it's exciting. It's exciting to think about what this kid might be able to do in the he's United States stop. if he does make, yeah. Okay. Well, he's probably on San Diego's radar right now. <laughs> probably everybody's radar, but you know, you got, uh, you got to, seems like the Japanese pitchers have definitely had the easier transition. You know, obviously, Darvish is, is excellent. Um, shoot, you can put Otani in either, either uh, perspective there, position or pitcher. But, I mean, Hideo Nomo, he threw two no-hitters. Chano Park was solid for a while. You have uh, oh, yeah. That, uh, yeah. that reliever, that closer for uh, the Mariners. What was it? Kaz Sasaki. He was pretty mm-hmm. good for a while there. Um, yeah, it's the uh, it's the hitters that have the more difficult time. Um, Seiya Suzuki was just kind of okay after what seemed to be a fairly hot start. Um, obviously, Ichiro runs away with it offensively, but Hideki Matsui, he was damn good. You know, when you combine his American stats with his Japanese stats, he's a 500 home run guy. Hideki Matsui has had 500 home runs in his career. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> But yeah, there aren't a whole lot of Japanese bats that that really stood out. It's amazing. You know what? I think I might have had that wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe it was just the five home runs. I don't know. Anyway, I should probably know. I probably do better research before we, as we're working through this. That's one note I need to take. It's okay, Tim. Do better research. You know, don't. There's bullshit. <laughs> but okay, so you know, uh, Japanese players 
there's this, you know, Murakami's good kid. We'll get more detail about what he actually broke. I think I, I might have messed up that. Uh, so forgive me. Uh, of all of our listeners, please forgive me. But uh, there was something I had learned. I didn't even know this. There was such a thing as called a home run cycle. Oh, Did you yeah. Know this? Solo shot, two run, three run in the Grand Slam. Now, when, when did you first hear about that? So first time I heard about that, gosh, this must have been in the late 90s because the, um, the Texas Rangers had an outfielder, an outfield prospect who did it. Um, Mateo was his last name. Uh, can't think of his first, but I'm about positive. There's a prospect for the Rangers, and he did it in the late 90s. That's First amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I want to say it just recently happened too, which it is did. probably it's... why you're bringing it up. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Chandler Redmond. He's a, a minor league prospect for your beloved Cardinals. <laughs> he, he absolutely hit for the home run cycle. He did. Yeah. just It's a rare thing. And why does it only happen in the minors? Well, I mean, I, I, I would imagine it pretty challenging to do it in the major league i mean i wonder if it's ever been done in the major leagues that's what i'm saying i mean like so many things just need to line up right yeah just right exactly just think about the statistical probabilities of you with getting up to the plate four times no runners on one runner on two runner on three runners on that that alone what I mean, what's the likelihood of that happening? Yeah, and then right. you add to it a home run. Yeah, what do you think is uh, the more improbable, the home run cycle, or Tatis's dad hitting two grand slams in the same inning? I, you know what? I don't know. I I would have to say, I would say the home run cycle because first it involves four home runs, not two, and second there is the opportunity for a big inning, right? Where you know people just, you know, whether you got deep into a bullpen or you got a position player, you know, throwing off the bump, right? Because they don't want to burn out their their. Uh, I I would say it's less likely to have a home run cycle than a... Now dig this. An added twist that I don't think is uh, discussed enough with uh, Tatis Sr.'s two grand slams in the same inning. Wrap your mind around this. It was done against the same pitcher. Wow. So think about that. That pitcher, he was up. Talk about getting rocked. I mean, he was getting rocked in that inning. Bases loaded, you give up a grand slam, whatever. We've all seen it. Now, your manager keeps you in. Clearly, there's a, there's a meeting on the mound at some point, and that manager probably <laughs> says, look, Tim, I don't care what you got to do, but you're giving me five today. You're at least giving me five. <laughs> and this pitcher is thinking, fuck, all right, <laughs> I got to figure this out. 
And then you're still up. Bases loaded again. And Tatis Sr. does it to you again in the same inning. That is a lot of runs that you gave up. You want to talk about it in an inflated ERA. He probably probably got designated for assignment the next day <laughs> before he hit his locker it's already yeah. cleaned out <laughs> what was he doing was he banging the, the the coach's wife like what that i mean that's that is kind of brutal yeah yeah that's rough that's rough kind that's of funny, crazy um, that you know that that's crazy that you know that yeah um i actually know that those conversations happen i uh i used Went to uh, college with this guy and uh, ended up like keeping in touch with him. Um, he was a pitcher for my alma mater's uh, team, um, Go Mules, Central Missouri State University. And uh, this guy, he ended up getting drafted by the Cubs, and um, he made it was a high A, double A. And um, you know, I'm having conversations about him, like nastiest you know, team he's ever faced, like who were some of like the, the real studs in the minors. And um, he said this was when the Royals lineup was, was pretty loaded. They had like Moustakas, Hosmer, mm-hmm. and uh, he, gosh, did that team, I don't know if he said that Will Myers was with them or not, but uh, I know Moustakas and, and Hosmer, he, he was, it was that team at that time. And uh, he said he was getting lit up. It was like in the first inning. And um, he gave up like five or something like that. And uh, he said he saw the manager coming up to him. And uh, he was, he said like, he just breathed the sigh of relief because he was like, oh, thank God, get me out of here. And the manager told him, Mike, I don't care how you got to do it. You're giving me six today. <laughs> and he t- the manager turns around, goes back to the dugout. And he's just like, Oh my God, how do I do this? You know, and so he's thinking his arm is going to fall off because he's going to reach like 180 pitches by the time <laughs> he gets to six innings, you know, and so anyway, kind of side story, but I, I know that those conversations happen where it's like, look, you, I'm not wasting my bullpen on this. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that because that's maybe that's what it is, right? Maybe that maybe yeah. just you got to find a way through it. It's just got to happen. It's just got to happen. So, and I appreciate you finding a way through me being late to this call, being all discombobulated, throwing up weird things. So, I do appreciate your um uh your your flexibility with me on this one. Before we say goodnight though, I do want to follow up on my trivia question. So, Ichiro was the first player to lead the league in batting average and stolen bases since what player in what year? So Ichiro did it in 2002. So Cobb is the only one that I can think of that I know of that did it. Um, So surely it's happened since, but I'll go with the guy that I know of. Um. And let's see, when did Cobb do it? <laughs> let's see, Cobb won, it was something absurd. It was like 12 batting titles over the course of 13 years. Um, so it's it's not Cobb. So I'll, I'll take you, uh, you know, what? it is, it happened in 1949 and it was Jackie Robinson. 
No kidding. Jackie wow. Robinson. Think about that. You know, Ichiro comes over and, you know, does something that hadn't been done since 1949, and it was done by Jackie Robinson. It's amazing. It's amazing. Is that Robinson's MVP season? Had to have been. Pretty sure Robinson won uh, MVP. I know we won Rookie of the Year. I don't know. That's a, that's a good that's a good well, question. Yeah. Do you know what Ichiro's batting average was in his rookie year? This is just a bonus question. Three fifty one. Yep. That's crazy. You are you are good, man. Wow. Yep. Sports trivia night at the local bar, man. You are definitely audience, my partner. Response on that was way too quick for me to do a, a Google search and cheat. You don't. You actually, it seems like you enjoyed a lot of fun. You have a lot of fun with it. So oh, um, I, I think that's awesome. Baseball is a very, very weird thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> I just know this weird shit. It's baseball such a huge weird. freaking. It, it's, a, it's a strange part of my life. It's that big of a deal. It's weird. Well, I appreciate that a lot, man. I appreciate it. And so that was it. It was 351. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I believe I'm going to say 56 stolen bases. That I don't know. A, that'd be crazy. What a player. Huh? What a player. Actually, I'm jumping on to baseball reference right now because I really want to know that. How many stolen bases would you say that he had? 56. <laughs> it's 56. I just I just copied what you said. His batting I, average is 351 according wow. to baseball reference. So I was uh 1/1000th off, but I got, I got the stolen bases correct, yeah. I I remember that rookie year. I remember Ichiro's rookie year and um I was a junior in college at that time and uh I had some buddies, some of my roommates asking me um, how good is this kid? Cause he's all over ESPN. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have, I have never seen a rookie year like this. I never saw anything like that. Was Mike Trout's better or on par? Ah, man. Trout's was unreal. I mean, he went like 30, 40 in his rookie year, you know, right. 30, 40. And he was like, what? 20. But I don't know. There was something about Ichiro's rookie year that was just, it was just something different. Obviously, didn't have the power that, um, that Trout had or has, at least game power. Um, but yeah, there was just something magic about Ichiro's rookie year. I never saw anything like that. It's beautiful, man. Just, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's poetry in motion. So we'll we'll have to do a show on on scouting the Asian market. We'll we'll have to the Asian prospect market. What is our podcast funding so that we can do um, a field trip for research purposes? I don't, I don't know if we put together a budget. I mean, who are the who are the investors? Have we have they um, approved our twenty two twenty three fiscal year budget yet? Is that still is that still going on? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, basically that would be, um, Stephanie and Tammy. And I think that they are very hard to get to agree to anything like that. Yes. So that's, that's about, that's, I, I, I haven't been able to get one cent out of, uh, Tammy at this point. So oh, no, man, yeah, that's not gonna, 
Yeah, I'll talk to Steph about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, and then I, uh, I've been thinking about a name for the show. Uh, as you know, as we continue to work through this, you know, and just find what makes sense for us, right? So that I sent you a, a, like a million texts on Friday. Sorry about that, but um, oh, before I let's say good night to everybody, and then we can finish this conversation a little bit. So, good night, everybody. It's been real as always. <laughs> <laughs>